0: All right, let us begin. So we are continuing, Yemir Sashem this morning in Os Mem Zayin. So if you remember again yesterday, we started this really beautiful piece where Reb Tzaddik begins to highlight the concept that there's no such thing as a quote-unquote bad mido Every single midah, every single character trait, every single attribute, every single koach that a person possesses is not good or not bad, but rather based on the fundamental decision about how a person chooses to use it. So today we're gonna delve into that a little bit, and actually Prasad is going to give some specific concrete examples. So so he goes on, so we're picking up on page Kuftes. And we're picking up in the Biurim haChasidus on the left-hand side. So he says, "Rak tzarecha adam." Probably about uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, about twelve lines up from the bottom. Rak tzarecha adam lirus ketsad l'fal b'chol midah lasias lasiyas Hashem kach sheyistam ishba b'chol umida umidah sheyish benafsho kafi razon Hashem yisbarach v'zel. Sat Hatov Sheba. So says, therefore a person has to look at every single Mida he possesses and figure out how to serve baruchu with the good within that Mida. It's such a profound way of looking at things. Every Mida, every character trait has potential for good or for bad within it. So my job is love Dafka to eradicate Midos, to uproot Midos, but rather it's to channel. Kohos, to channel my strengths, to look at a particular midah, is there something positive in this mida that I can re-channel it towards, and that becomes my avodah, vizel tzad hatov sheba, to find the tzad hatov, the, the aspect of good, the element of good, the point of good within every single Mida, and re-channel my kolach and attention. also as I mentioned in yesterday's shir. Remember I want to point out just for the sake of of, of intellectual honesty not everyone agrees with this approach of saddhik many of the Sifrei moster take the approach that no there are bad midos there are bad midos and so you have to go ahead you have to go ahead and uproot bad midos the comes from the vantage point that if you tell someone to uproot a midah, it's, it's I'm not going to say it's impossible nothing's impossible But it becomes an overwhelming task. Anyone who's ever engaged in personalistic change knows that to change a midah, like Tranchal writes, it's easier to learn the entire Torah than it is to go ahead and change one Midah. What a tzaddik is 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 suggesting is you don't have to necessarily uproot Midos. You have to re-channel Kochos. You have to re-channel your energies. What's the koach ha-tov sheba? What's the good? What's the good that you could find in any particular character trait or koach, and then utilize that? He gives examples. He says, "Vim eno But if a person doesn't use his personalistic strengths in accordance with the will of Hashem, o note love but instead, a person just allows themselves to be pulled after their nature, as gam hamidos tovos hatvulos bo him begeder midos roos. So, remember, this works the opposite way also. The same way that if I have negative traits, negative characteristics, negative kochos, I have to find in the words of Rab Zadik that tzad hatov sheba. I have to find the good application, the good use for my negative kohos for my negative midos. So the converse is true as well. You could have something that is a positive trait, a positive koach, but if you don't actively channel it in the direction of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it could become something negative. He'll give examples of this. He says, "Kemosh Amru Chazal, boasted this very profound, Al King Nash so remember, Shaul, not just Shaul, but Shaul and his three sons, die in the war against the Plishtim. Why did he die? So the Rabbi Tzaddik writes, <laughs> By The Navi tells us explicitly, <laughs> Because remember again, Shaul was charged with destroying and wiping out Amalek, and instead he has compassion, he leaves the women... The livestock, the Kemosh Amru Khazal, we'll Shekomi Shenasarachaman Bemoko Bim Komach Zari, Sov Shemidas Page Kofiod. Kov Shemidas Adin Pogaspah also listen to these words of Chazal. The words of Chazal is whoever becomes compassionate in a place, in a situation where you have to become cruel, sof Shemidas adin in He will be judged. Harshly so we'll say let's talk about this right for just a moment in the footnotes in the footnotes So they discuss this story. We're familiar with this story. Shoal is given the opportunity is given the mandate to destroy Amalek and what happens? What happens? Remember again, the Gemara in Sota points out that Shah made a kavachomer. Remember again, what was this kavachomer? He says we have a concept in the Torah called egla arufa, and egla arufa means if you go out and you find one dead person in between two cities, there's a whole process, right? The elders of the closest city come out, decapitated cap, the nachal, wash their hands. So Shalom says, how could I go in? I understand, I have to wipe out the men. They're the combatants. But how could I wipe out the women, the children, the livestock? So he spared them. So he spared them. They're both saying, now, again, is compassion a good midah? Of course. Of course it's a good midah. But compassion is only a good midah if it's used in accordance with the Ratz with the will of Hashem. If compassion is used against the directive of Hashem, then compassion becomes a terrible midah. So while it's true, while, while we certainly all emotionally understand what Sha'ol was saying, he was given a mandate. See, so I both say, what this really comes down to is as follows. If, if you want to kind of drill down a little bit, which is what determines our moral compass, which which is a very... Important question to ask ourselves because sometimes we don't necessarily realize the extent to which we are influenced, and understandably so, by the society around us. Right? For example, if you look at the command that Hashem gave Shaul, or for that matter, the command that the Torah gives us towards Amalek. So today, what would you, what would they call that today? <laughs> They'd call it genocide. Right? Going in and wiping out an entire, an entire nation, men, women, children, just genocide. It's genocide. And again, moral, immoral. Again, how you look at it, you say, how immoral. I will say, again, I, 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 I I think it's normal, by the way, like, Shaul's struggle with this is totally normal. The Shiloh just is what defines your code of morality. Is your code of morality, is my code of morality defined by what appears moral to me, what appears moral to society around me, which are generally very fluid principles, right? My morality is fluid, society's morality is fluid, or is morality decided by what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says is, is, is moral? So we'll say, so what the Tzadik is saying is like this, every midah is useful if it's used in accordance with the Ratzon Hashem. But the moment, ultimately, again, that my midah is not used in accordance with the Ratz Hashem, so then even the, what we'll call, objectively good midahs become fundamentally corrupted. So, rachmanis, compassion, empathy, sensitivity for the other, of course, we assume is a good midah, true, as long as it's used in accordance with the will of Hashem. But the moment it's used just in accordance with my own sensitivities, right? Or, or my own hashkafas or my own morality, that's when it can become corrupted. And I will say, it's a very difficult, the story which Shal is a very, very difficult, a very difficult story. Because he absolutely meant well and was motivated by a sincere sense of compassion. But compassion is only good when it's used to carry out the Ratzon on Hashem. But the moment that it's used to carry out my agenda and not God's agenda is ultimately again even when the best of those can become corrupted. So, quote unquote, negative traits can be positive when channeled to accomplish something productive in accordance with the will of Hashem. And positive traits can become corrupted Ultimately again when used against the will of us. And he gives another example. He says Ukimokin Amruchhazal, we'll stop with this. Uh Amru Amr Khazal we'll begitin was another profound story. Sha'an Visanuso Shrabi Zahari Benafkulus. Sav so the the end of the story is, or the end of the sentence is Anvisanuso Shrabi Zahari Benafkolus Hihriva Sbsenu Fisarfa Sechalenu fighli same. So also we are familiar with the story of Khamsa and Barkamsa very, very quickly. So again remember we know. That we're not going to go through the entire story, but the point over here is the Caesar. The Caesar was told the Jews are rebelling, so remember he sent a carbon to be offered in the base of On the way, on the way, Bar Kamsa goes ahead and splits the lip or causes a cataract. He does something which renders the animal unfit to be offered. So remember again, imagine the scene. You have a blemished animal from the Caesar which arrives in the Beis HaMikdash. So so again, all the rabbanim are saying, offer it. You got to offer it. It's Sakhanas Nafashas. Zichari, Rabbi Zechari ben Avkalos comes along and says, no, you can't offer it. Why? Yomru. people will say, you could offer up a blemished animal on the base of Mekdash. They said, fine. You don't offer it? Fine. And he was the God of Ladar. Fine. Kill Bar kamtza. Kill Bar Kamtza. will say, ultimately, again, yeah, you could kill him. Why? He was a Moser. He was a Moser. He was, he was maligning the Jewish people to the Gentile government. Kill Bar Khamsa. against the Chayyib and Avkala said, You can't kill Bar Why? Because people are going to say, People are going to say that That if you inflict a blemish on a sacrificial animal, you're Nisa. So we we'll So what did they end up doing? What did they end up doing? Nothing. So they, they didn't offer the carbon. They didn't kill Bar Khamsa. Bar goes back to the Caesar and says, Oh, you see, I told you, I told you, look, they didn't offer up your carbon, they clearly rebelled against it. And I will say that was the beginning of the end. So it's actually a very striking Gemara because Chazal lay the blame for the Khurban at the feet of Rabbi Zechariah ben Avkalos. Which I will say, of course, is very dramatic also because we know the second base Hamikdash was destroyed for a variety of different reasons. Yet, Chazal lay the blame at the feet of Rabbi Zechariah ben and, and And they say, what caused this? Anvisanuso, how would you translate Anvisanuso? Humility. humility. So this is an interesting discussion, but the pastors, what they were saying is, you are unwilling to take a decisive stand. Now, I both say, Anova, humility. Is humility a good trait? Is humility a good trait? Yeah, of course. Va'ish Moshe Anav Nikol Adam. Right, Moshe Abenu is known as the most humble, so sure humility is a good trait. But I both say, aren't we beginning to see such a profound idea? Every trait can be good when utilized in the performance of the will of Hashem. Every midah can be good when used for the rats on Hashem. And even the greatest of midos can be corrupted ultimately again when it goes counter to the will of Hashem. So humility is great. Humility is fantastic. Except humility is a terrible avera. When the circumstance requires you to take a stand on something, and you don't, that's when humility is detrimental, and that's when humility becomes the greatest taver. So we'll stop over here for today. We'll continue Mirz with this theme tomorrow. But I will say it's really just a brand new way. It's also it's a brand new way of looking at a model of change. Because I think for many of us, the way we look at the process of change is I identify what's broken. In me, I don't mean what's broken in someone else. That's 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 always easy and fun to identify as broken in someone else, right? What's what's broken and in a state of disrepair in me, and what do I kind of have to uproot and obliterate? And the truth is, so I'm sure all of us have tried this at different points in life. It's very, very, very difficult to uproot a midah. So the tzaddik is saying is, you don't have to uproot stuff. You just have to rechannel because there's no midah that's objectively good, or I should say. Absolutely good or absolutely bad. Every mida, every koach, if used in conformance with the Ratzon on Hashem, by definition could be good. But even the greatest of midos used against the Ratzon Hashem, unfortunately becomes rab, becomes bad. So we'll stop over here. We'll continue. Mirat's Hashem, he gives other examples. Tomorrow actually we'll get into the fascinating topic of, of midos like kas and gaiva, anger and arrogance, which I both say we assume in the world of midos, are like, you know, no no go, no go. You can't like the Ramam says. No Kaas, no Gaiva. Rav is going to show us that no, there are positive applications of Kaas and Gaiva as well to be continued tomorrow. Shukra